Hello and welcome to the Champion Bets Betting 360 podcast. I'm your host, Shane Adair. Today's guest, one half of the all-conquering Australian bloodstock team, part owner of current Melbourne Cup favourite Red Cardinal, it's Luke Murrell. I spoke to Luke about the overseas Raiders for this year's Melbourne Cup, along with his history in gambling and wagering. So get your sleeveless jacket out and enjoy my chat with the Director of Australian Bloodstock, Luke Murrell. Betting 360, your number one source for horse racing and sports betting insights, with another expert interview to give you the winning edge. Hi Luke, thanks for joining me on Champion Bet's Betting 360 podcast. Yeah, no problem. Thought we'd get in for a quick chat this afternoon and talk about the uh, Melbourne Cup favourite, Red Cardinal, which you're involved in, and uh, a couple of your opinions on the uh, leading overseas runners. So let's start. Yeah, yeah, no worries. Uh, Three months out from the big race almost today. How is Red Cardinal looking after his victory in uh, the US, and how do you rate his chances? Uh, it's a funny year. Um, I thought last year was quite a probably below average form year. And um, look, to be really honest, I can't see a thing that's going to change this year. So um, I honestly believed he would have run top two last year. And um, I think if we could um, get him here in 100% peak fitness, we'll um, yeah, he's got a, a great chance. So when does he arrive in Australia? Yeah, so he'll come the first lot of shipment with horses in training. So that's um, sort of the end of September. He'll go into quarantine about the 10th of September and he'll have one more run, most likely in the Kergalay um, in about three weeks. And he'll just stick to the, um, I suppose, the protectionist path and go Herbert Power into the Melbourne Cup. And uh, at this same sort of period, would you rate him ahead of protectionist? Um, They're very different horses. The... I've never been so confident race morning that I was with protectionist. Um, And if I could, if the race was in in the next month, I would be saying he's he's nearly a a good thing in the Melbourne Cup, which is perhaps a little bit silly to say, but I just, (laughs) he's, um, yeah, he's probably got a bit on what I see is going around on current form. And if he was to get beaded, it'd probably, he'd need bad luck or he'd need some of these other horses to probably improve on what they've done so far. Definitely. You also have... Uh, so, yeah, I'm quite confident. You also have Big Duke at around the uh, $26 quote I was looking at this morning, who uh, was fantastic last preparation, I thought, winning five races and uh, yeah. not, not missing the placings the whole prep. He really stepped up each time he raised the bar. How would you rate his chances compared to, say, a Red Cardinal? Yeah, um, last prep was... Um, obviously, he had a, had a tough campaign, but... Um, if you're um, talking to Darren, he it's probably his um, horse that he feels has done the best out of any of them in the stable this time round. Yeah. Um, and sort of after the autumn, I would have said to you he's a he's going to be a, a an eighth to fifth type horse finishing a Melbourne Cup. Yep. Um, but given probably perhaps the lack of depth, um, if he could hold that Sydney form, I'd say he's he's a genuine sort of top five chance now. Um, look, to be honest, I don't think he's in the class of Red Cardinal. I think yeah. Red Cardinal's got a bit more quality and um, bits and pieces about him. But um, I must say, he's only ever had one prep with Weary. So, um, And given how confident he is, it, I've probably got 
four or five lengths between them, but the way Weary's talking, he's certainly improved. So, yeah, maybe that gives him some sort of hope with luck in running and whatnot. And he seems extremely tough animal. He was up from almost December, if my memory strikes me correct. Yeah, he's amazing, but it just seems to be Weary, you know, like, you look at all those horses he's got, they, they all seem to be the same thing. But, he gets them running um, through walls. Look, he was a, yeah, you know, Burning Front's had a thousand races, and um, he just always seems to have those type of horses, but He's um he was very lightly raced when we bought him and we bought him a bit left field. A few people sort of question why we'd buy a horse like him, but yeah. um he's uh yeah, he's got a bit of class and a um he does have a turn of foot so for a state that um him out of troubles in a lot of instances. Well yeah, twenty six dollars on offer, maybe uh, each way could be the go there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well the way we're talking like you know, that that's the, the main race for him as well. Yep. Um but He's going to start a lot shorter than that. Definitely. Um, if he's if he's there on the race, so yeah. Just get a quick uh, opinions on a few of the overseas runners that some of the listeners might not have their head around. Um, have you got any opinion on Albert? He was fifth in the tennis show in in Japan. Yeah, um, I've been told that the horse won't be coming, so okay. I I would be. I'm hoping like hell he doesn't come because um <laughs> It's a deep ball yeah, race usually. Got, yeah, he'll um he's got them all covered actually. So he he's a really good quality horse, but um my information is he won't be coming. Okay. Well there's one for the listeners. Um Yeah. Uh Thomas Hoban Hobson, sorry, from the Willie Munns Willie Mullins stable. Uh he raced well over Ascot, I thought. Yeah, um I think Big Duke could beat him, and I okay. would think um, Red Cardinal it would certainly beat him. Willie Mullins is—he's got some amazing strike rate. I think he's thirty-three percent for his career, but most of those are over the jumps. But yes, um, yep. he's a—I did notice this one's been said about ten starts already over the jumps. This fellow already roughly, so uh, yeah, he doesn't mind putting him over the sticks. Um, no, nah, and, and he doesn't miss his horses, but they're very tough. But yeah, I, I honestly don't think he's got anywhere near the, the quality. I know the Ascot run was very impressive, but um, I think he's just a, probably a genuine Group 3 horse. I, I think the talk, I know there was lots of talk in the media, he was coming for a Melbourne Cup, yep. but I think that's possibly to try and rope some Aussies in. Uh, Vazi Rabat, do you reckon he'll be making the trip over for the uh, Aga Khan? Yeah, obviously the last time the Aga Khan had a horse, it was um, a filly, and I thought she was going to win, and she actually didn't complete the course. And um, I know he he probably wasn't real keen to send his horses yep. back. Um, and he's just a, won an amazing amount of money that horse in from sort of France and Dubai, and yes. he's probably too much of a. I think if he'd come, he would be no sort of threat because he's a different style of horse. Yeah, okay. He's very tough, but he's probably not suited to Australian races. And uh, lastly, uh, Tiberian, the uh, French galloper. Yeah, um, I think they're wasting their time there. <laughs> and, uh, of course, they still have to tackle uh, the Lloyd Williams camp as well. Yeah, I think um, uh, the horse that ran second to Big Duke, who we um, won there on protest, I think Lloyd's horse there, I'm just trying to think of his name, he's got some, I think, that would be Lloyd's by far his best yep. horse, um, and he's probably the one I would be most worried about of the locals. But as we know, Lloyd's pretty pretty no, he, tough on him. That's and, right. Um, he's got the record score on the board. He uh, knows how to get him ready for the day. 
Yeah, um, and it's, it's just sort of one of those sort of environments. Obviously, they either they either cop it or they don't. But um, yeah, I think he that that's our century I'm talking about. He, I think he's um, he's a genuine chance. He'd probably be the best of the the locals for mine. Of the uh, overseas runners, if you didn't have a share in Red Cardinal, what horse would you like to have a share in for the for the cup? Red Cardinal, um, <laughs> but outside of him. There's a horse, I noticed he's not in the market, there's a horse yeah. called Admire Juice. Yes, um, yes, I saw that. And he's a Japanese horse. Look, he's an old fella. Um, I think he's a six-year-old, but he's the one I would be most scared about because he races on speed. Um, there's a horse in Japan uh, yeah, in Japan called Kitasan Black, and he's just a... He'd win the Melbourne Cup by 10 lengths. He's yeah. just a freak. And um, this horse ran fourth to him. Um and by by all indication, the horse is coming, and okay. he would be the horse that I think, if Red Cardinal wasn't favourite, this horse deserves to be equal favourite with him, if not probably in front of him. Now, I'll probably look at him and say, well, he's a six-year-old, but his form is that much superior. It's not funny. There's a lead for the listeners so, there. Yeah. I was uh, just browsing your biography. I was browsing your biography on the Australian Bloodstock website, and I uh, noticed that you served at a apprenticeship reform study in bookmaking under the uh, legendary Rob Waterhouse. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about that time and the apprenticeship served? Yeah, look, it was at what stage I was going to be a bookmaker, and um, Rob was kind enough to, for three years there, just sort of show me the ropes and and teach me a lot and. He's just such an amazingly intelligent man and uh, but very thoughtful. And look, I know he. Um, it's a shame racing doesn't use his mind um, more more than what probably they do because um, he's got a lot of very common sense ideas, and yep. you can see why he's been so successful as a as a bookmaker. And obviously, while he had his time out, he he converted and was a punter and um, just a very very intelligent man and. Um, yeah, I'll always be thankful for the time he showed me, but um, it helped me a lot. And and it's only little things, but it's um, you can see why he's such a successful businessman. So uh, if you could palm off one piece of advice to the listeners who are maybe starting their gambling or uh, form study analysis, um, what sort of tip could you pass on to a beginner just from, say, the Rob Waterhouse? He always said to me, yeah, he always said to me... Um, from a from a punning or bookmaker point of view, he said um, my background was finance, and he yep. said just think of your bank bankroll as a as a managed fund. Yep. And he said some days it's going to going to win, and some days it's going to lose. And he said the only way you'll know is if you focus on it. And he said for him, he he felt that was um, probably the wrong thing to do. He said just focus on doing the, the little things right and um, recording your bets and and doing your your form study and um, the rest to take care of itself and don't worry about the day-to-day fluctuations of your bank and um, just keep reviewing everything you do and that that helped me a lot and um, yep. you know just little things like he was I know he was very big on horses for example that would lead and lead easy from the gates and they might get run over the next start but the amount of horses that he used to back the, that same horse next start and it'd lead and lead all the way was just phenomenal and just different little quirky things like that I suppose that that helped, but um, he was very big on just keep your head down and just keep doing doing what you're doing. It's a long term approach, and it doesn't matter what happens today or next week or next month. It's it's what happens at longer term. But 
Definitely. Yeah. If you could take the emotion out of that bankroll management and uh, see it, as you said, as a managed fund or a business, etc., um, I think it's put you in good stead to uh, last a while in the game anyway. Yeah, and, you know, he said, look, you know, there's so many guys that open up a little corner shop and some days you just get, you know you're going to lose and other days, you know, you're, you're going to be in for selling a million ice blocks or drinks when it's a hot day. So it was just... Um, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing why most people fail. It's that emotion side of it. And right. I know myself, the guys that are best that I get a lot of advice, they're just so cold and calculating and emotional. And um, just got to get to that stage, I suppose, and that's believe nice. in whatever you do and uh, you'll, you'll make it. Betting 360. Get more in-depth analysis, tips and that betting edge by heading over to championbets.com.au. Hunting from all angles.